Perfect. So we're going to talk about that again this this week. But this week we got to start here because I did spend some time this week enjoying myself with good old TurboTax. Who's done it? Okay, let's just get a pulse on the tax situation here. Who does their own taxes? Anybody in this guys your own? What are we doing here? TurboTax situation? Tax what? Act? Tax Is it better than TurboTax? Okay. Tax Act? You, you don't know. CPA to do it. You guys? Yeah. I like I really liked doing that last year. Just yeah. Just put it off. Yeah. Well, you can't. I mean, it's not even due for California until September. Yeah. Isn't that a new law, right? I think so. Wait, somebody else over here did their own tax. Mark, you do. It pays more to pay somebody to do it? It did for us. See, I always go back to that because you do your turbo tax and you're thinking like, surely on there's more money out there that, you know what I mean? Yeah, that. there is. There's so many more options. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, looked over ours and was like, there's nothing there. was like years ago. Yeah. All right, okay, here's the second question. This might be a little bit too personal. Who, who's, who's, whoever's done it this year, who has, who, who's getting a return? Johnny, you're getting a return? Who has to pay in? Who's paying in? A couple people paying in? No? So most, most, most poor middle-class folks sitting in this room get a return from the government? I like that. All right. Um, so I'm thinking about how do, how do we understand these, you know, this is the parable, of, not the parable, but when Jesus... Um, calls the tax collector, right? So how do we understand this, this kind of tax collector? So, you know, imagine, you know, for the folks who did their taxes, wait, somebody in here had to pay. Who had to pay? Who's paying the government? Anybody? You're paying the government? Okay, Mark, you're, you're going to be my example this morning, right? You pay the government, whatever you pay the government. Let's just say they, um, let's just say that the government, just for a round number, you own $5,000, right? Pay your $5,000 into the government. You write your check. Man, that stings. Moving on in life. But then you get a couple tax guys showing up at your door, right? Then we got some muscle showing up at your door. Let's get the muscle of this. Here's my muscle right here, okay? These three guys are going to be the muscle. These three are now have retired from firemen, airpoint, oil. They are going to be, um, they are going to be now IRS tax agents. Huh? What's that? The IRS goons, right? They show up at your door and they say, thank you for your $5,000, you know, paying to the government. But uh, they kind of look over your shoulder and see, kind of looks like a nice TV you got back there. Uh, you want to take that off the wall and give it to us, right? And you say, no, that's my TV. I'm not going to give you my TV. This is like, yeah, you're going to give us that TV now or we're going to make you pay $10,000 next year, right? So you're like, okay, get the TV off the wall and... We could, we could play this scenario out for year after year. These three goons, every tax season, right, they show up at your door. You've paid the government. You're square with the government. But they decide that, you know, hey, you know what? You, they, they, you owe us a little bit more. And so they take your TV. 
they actually um, they steal your avocado tree. They decide that one time they're going to steal your avocado. So they get a crane, take your avocado tree. They um, decide that, you know, your car's pretty nice and I could use a new car. So they, they take the car. They, and they just year after year just take advantage of you, right? And there's not really much that you can do. You can't call the police. These guys were in with the police. They kick back to, you know what I mean? So it's kind of this whole system. And you, so you get smart about it. You start hiding your stuff when they come around and, you know, you do all this stuff. But year after year after year after year, they just, they just manipulate, take advantage, exploit, right? Um, so these three goons, um, after years, there's this little church that opens up in the neighborhood, right? The church that opens up in the neighborhood, this pastor, this new pastor, he's dynamic, right? He is, he's doing amazing things, even miracles. Like you've seen, like the rumor is in this neighborhood that this guy's even doing miracles. He's doing healings. He's blessing the community. And this guy is like doing something special, like beyond anything you've seen, right? Um, and you start, you start going to this, this new pastor's church. You love this guy. He's compassionate. He's caring. He's listening. Um, he has great wisdom, he has, his teaching, his interpretation of the scripture is anything beyond anything you've ever experienced, right? It's just like, man, this, this guy, this pastor, this preacher has got it going on. Well, what's that? Derek. Derek is his name. Yes. Yeah, Derek Millions is his name. So, yeah. <laughs> um, so what happens, though, after, you know, going to this church... There happens to be this one, though, there's this, there's this 4th of July party that's just booming in the neighborhood, right? Look at these kids. Just, isn't that just bringing, bringing back good memories of good old 4th of July? You're, Mark, you're cruising around in your bike on this fourth, fine 4th of July, and you see this pastor, Derek, hanging out at the goon's house, whooping it up, barbecuing with these guys, chatting them up, putting his arm around them. Um, just high-fiving, they're playing cornhole in the front yard, and you're just riding by, and you're like, wait, why is my pastor hanging with the guys who rob from me all the time, who steal from me, who take advantage of me year in and year out, and they've taken advantage of my friend Brian, and they've gone to Dietrich's house, and they've stole all of Johnny's scary movies that he has on DVD and his computer, Right? And you have this, like, like, I trusted you. Like, you were my guy. And now you're with this guy. You know what I mean? So when I say this, just to try to bring this example, because we read about Jesus going to this tax collector's house, and we're just like, oh, of course Jesus would go to the tax collector's house, because Jesus loves everybody, and he's for everybody. But we don't understand, and it really experienced probably in a more acute way, the way that they would have experienced that pain, Right? especially the Pharisees, the teachers of the law, even, even the different Jews. It wasn't, just, it wasn't just that the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were the bad guys wagging the finger at Jesus. Like, again, if, if I'm this pastor of this church and I start hanging out with the goons, you guys are going to go home, hey, how was the sermon today? Oh, yeah, Eric called me a goon all morning long. <laughs> um, you know, and I start hanging out with these guys, just like, man, like, that's, Jesus, like, whose side are you on, right? So, this is the feeling of the tax man in the ancient Near East, right? The tax collector. They're the traitors, right? They are the ones 
who are serving at that point, they are serving, serving the Romans, right? Morning, Shannon. Um, but here's the thing. The main issue with the Romans, right? They were the occupiers, right? They were occupying the Holy Land. They were this, this, this area, this property where God's presence was supposed to be. They were, they were the, the occupiers. But the, the problem with the Romans being in the nation of Israel is that it created, and this is a theme that we'll see throughout the, the Gospel of Mark, it created impurity, right? Do you remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about when Jesus heals a leper and how part of the problem with being a leper or being around leper was impurity, right? And when you're impure, the steps that you would have to go through to become pure again, right? As, as an Israelite, as a Jew, if you were impure, you had to take these certain steps to become pure again, right? If, if the place that God is supposed to come and dwell, right, is impure, God cannot come and, and dwell there. Does that make sense? God is coming back. Yahweh is coming back. The Messiah is going to come, right? And he wants to come to this place that is pure. He doesn't want to come to a place that is defiled with Gentiles and pagans and people who don't care about God. So I would say it like this. Yahweh's promised kingdom was being held up. One of the things that the Jews would have believed at that time is that his promised kingdom was being held up by impurity. The Romans were impure. The Gentiles were impure. The pagans were impure. And impurity was then being funded by the Israelites, right? These traitorous tax collectors, right? So we have these tax collectors that are the traitors that are funding the impurity that's preventing Yahweh from coming back to be with his, his people, right? So again, with the goon situation, right? These goons are funding the, you know, they're funding the, the, the United States government and the United States government is the oppressive force that is, you know, preventing us to like, to, to have just normal freedoms. I probably have to think through that analogy a little bit more, but do, do you see what I'm saying, right? Like this, this is the problem. This is one of the main, we don't talk about this often because it's just like, oh yeah, they're, they're bad people and they're just text. But impurity is such a massive theme throughout the gospels, right? This is, this is what you have to think about. They, they made sure that they were pure before God, right? So, a little bit of setup to do something that I want to do with us this morning, which is a, a practice of reading the scripture called Lectio Divina. I know that some of you guys who have, who have been in this church for a while have practiced this with us, right? Who have done this before. How many people have Lectio Divina? No? Who's, who's not gone down this road yet? No? Oh, this is wonderful. So I get to teach you all something new because I, I know that we've done this before, but um, we're going to practice this, this, um, this process. It's called Lectio Divina. Lectio Divina is simply this. It's, uh, um, it's, it's a Latin phrase that, that means like, like Lectio reading, Divina, divine, like kind of a divine reading of the scripture. So Lectio Divina is, is kind of practiced like this. And I'm going to kind of break it down for you, and then I'm going to give you a really simple way to remember it, okay? You're, when, when you read a passage, right, sometimes you go to the Bible and you, like, read a chapter. Sometimes you go to the Bible and you um, read maybe two chapters or a verse and kind of memorize that verse or sit on that verse, right? But Lectio Divina, this kind of divine reading, right, you, you take a passage 
um, usually some around 10 verses, right? More or less 10 verses. And you want to read it multiple times. Some people will say the 10 by 10 rule. You want to read the 10 verses 10 times, right? Um, or you could read, you know, somewhere in that, in that, say, 5 to 10, 5 verses 5 times or whatever. But you want to read these verses multiple times. You want to read them slowly. You want to read them aloud. If it's helpful to print it out, to just kind of have it printed so you don't, usually your phone can get distracting, right? So maybe just having a print or, or a Bible. But you kind of take these verses and you just kind of chew on them a little bit more. Does that make sense? So the first element would be this kind of, this kind of chewing on them. The second thing is, is you want to think, you want to meditate, you kind of want to taste these verses. You want to ask this question, what? Right? Listen for a word or a phrase that rises above, that rings, that grabs your attention. You, uh, some people would say you kind of like are tasting that phrase, right? You're kind of just, what does that taste like? What am I experiencing? How does that phrase make you feel? You, maybe you would explore your feelings. You stop for a second and you acknowledge your feelings, right? Just kind of, you're thinking about, right? So you're, you're going to read this passage. Something's going to kind of stand out to you. What stands out to you, right? What is the, the verse, the passage, the word, the little section that's going to stand out to you? So you read, just a quick review. You think about the what. The next question is the why, right? God, why did you bring me this word? Why did you bring, why did you bring it to me today? What's, why, why, like, what's going on in my life, so to speak? Why is this important for my current situation, station, season in life that you're bringing me this word? Why does it, you know, when you, again, kind of going back to the other question about those emotions or, or feelings that you're kind of exploring, God, why am I kind of having these feelings related to this? this passage, this verse, right? So read, what, why, and then the last one you ask is what now, okay? So what now? So you're gonna listen for God's voice to direct you. Where might he be pointing you? Is there, is there an action you might need to take? So what now? What am I supposed to do in light of what you're, you're saying to me, okay? So these kind of four elements, Lectio Divina, right? And we're going to do this this morning. We're going to read this passage a couple times. It's uh, four verses long, four or five verses long. We're going to read this passage about Jesus um, calling the tax collector, eating with the tax collectors and sinners. We're going to kind of ask that question. What is the word? What is the verse? What is the phrase? What is the, you know, what is it about? What's going to kind of fall on my ear? What's going to stand out to me? Then we're going to ask God, God, why are you bringing me this word this morning? Why, why am I experiencing this? Why, am I, what, what, why, why are these emotions being brought up in me, right? And then we're going to ask God, we're going to say, God, what now? What do you want me to do with what you've spoken to me? Does that make sense? So, and I want to introduce you. Some people, again, have, have utilized this before or have had this. This is a great way as you're doing, maybe throughout the week or throughout different times, this is a great way to enter into the text, to do a little bit of Bible study, to just allow, not only just to read the Bible, but then we see how the Bible then reads what's going on in our life, right? This is Lectio Divina, this divine reading. It's a very kind of ancient system of just kind of really just meditating a little bit on the text, okay? So you guys ready to practice this together? Let's do this. I'm going to put the, um, I'm sure some folks have Bibles. I'm sure some folks have, um, if you want to use a phone, if you want to use the, the, um, 
the, the Bibles that we have. But why don't we read this? Why don't we read this four times, okay? And just four different people read it. We don't, you know, we'll just have four different people read read the passage. So again, just just kind of settle down into it. Let's just start with the first question as you're kind of reading through it. What? God, what stands out to me? What word is it? What falls on my ear? What do I want? You know, just kind of what, again, just that what question. Got it? Let me go back one more time. What, why, and then what now? Let me go back to this uh, what, right? A phrase that rises above, that rings, grabs your attention, right? Maybe you kind of want to, as you're reading it again, just tasting that phrase. What, why am I, what, what am I feeling? You can even stop for a second to acknowledge your feeling, okay? Does that make sense? So let's start here. We're going to read it four times. So someone wants to start us off by reading this passage. The whole passage. Oh. Yep. While Jesus was having dinner at the wife's house, many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples. For there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law who were Pharisees saw him eating with sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with the tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to 
all the righteous but sinners. Once again, Jesus went out beside the lake. A large crowd came to him, and he began to teach them. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told them, and Levi got up and followed him. While Jesus was having dinner at Levi's house, Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with him and his disciples, for there were many who followed him. When the teachers of the law, who were Pharisees, saw him eating with the sinners and tax collectors, they asked his disciples, Why does he eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said to them, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous. Is that four? Okay. I want to I want to erase this board because I want to write some responses up on it. So take take one more time while I erase the board, and um, just read it slowly to yourself, and just maybe kind of think about that what that what phrase for a second. Okay, let's start off a little bit with that what, um, that what question. Does anybody want to see that again? Or What else? 
whatever Jesus speaks, like it comes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like yeah, like he just did it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I never really thought of it like that. That maybe it wasn't just Levi's will and spirit. Like it maybe was just Jesus's power to like speak into action. Um. <laughs> I'll try not to offer commentary on everybody's what itself, but that's, yeah, I have it. Okay, the goons, right, my goons. Imagine giving up the life that you've created for yourself, right, of privilege and power and status and getting whatever you want whenever you want it and taking it, you know what I mean? Like you've created this, this like you're, you know what I mean? It's just like the, the mafia boss on, on the, in the movie or TV who's, who gets what they want when they want it. And Jesus says, follow me. And Levi, he, Levi decides, that's a better life than what I got going on here. Sorry, that was a mini commentary. A couple more. Brian. I think this for sinners. Sinners, sinners, sinners. Like, Pharisees have a problem with sinners, but these people are sinners. Um, it's not as much of a phrase as it's just like how many times is God in the Bible and how many times sinner is in the, mm-hmm. that passage. Mm-hmm. It's like a reinforcement of sinner. It's funny because sometimes what I, I here's here's a struggle for me when I read this passage. I don't necessarily identify myself in this. You know what I mean? Like this isn't. <laughs> You know what I mean? And, and so maybe for me it's helpful to think like, like I'm, this is who I really, like for me it was actually the last two sick and sinners, right? Those two words, you know? And again, I probably, I probably am in, in this passage, you know, you, you kind of enter the passage at some point. I'm probably just someone in the crowd just kind of standing. Like I'm, I'm, not a, I'm, not like, I'm not like a tax collector, like a, like a sick sinner, you know what I mean? I'm just kind of like a normal guy, probably one, one of Jesus' followers. But um I, that was that was profound for me to kind of put myself into that place of the sick and the sinners, you know. So uh, one more person. It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, seen a lot of people come to the Lord when they're at their worst and it's not many people that have things in order in their life that find Jesus those are the, the people that um, they, they may not they may not be followers of Jesus when they're at high 
status, they have money, they have, but it's when they lose all that that they find the hope mm -hmm. and find a relationship with Jesus when things are the worst. Right. Good. Yeah. One more person because I got one more spot down here. And Chris, I saw that hand. You want to? going to kind of um, write this again, and then I'm going to put this. Okay, now we got to ask the second question here. Why, why are you getting this? Why are you getting this word today? God, why are you speaking this word to me today? What's going on in my life? What season am I in right now? Is there a relationship? Is there an aspect of my emotions, my mental processes, my um, some, something in my soul? God, why are you bringing these words to me right now? Yeah, let me put that back. So you've, you've given me, God, you've given me this word, right? Like this, this stands out to me. Now let me examine my life for a second and, and try and make a connection why this is happening, why I'm getting this word right now. This is where it gets a little bit more um, obviously personal and a little bit more tricky too to, to kind of make some of these connections. So we'll do our best here. Again, we're practicing this. This isn't like... It's just a practice. I want to show you how this works, and I want you to be able to take this with you, too. So. I think for me, the thing that stuck out was the righteous and sinner mm -hmm. side of it, too. Mm -hmm. And I think two things um, came to mind for the why. We've been watching the third season of Chosen, mm -hmm. and it just we just watched this episode where he goes back to his hometown and, and like, preaches in the synagogue and basically, I mean, he says, I am... Mm -hmm. Jesus, mm -hmm. the Son of God, and I have the authority. <clears throat> and they're, you know, he and they're like, wait, we're the chosen people, and it doesn't matter. You know, they just have this feeling of like, well, I'm, I'm already good. Mm -hmm. You know, so that kind of that part of it, the the thinking they're righteous, kind of stuck out hmm. to me as those Jews that were like, we're already in. You know, we don't have to worry about it. And then for the sinners, I think for me, for the why anyway, I just think that um, with the foster care, <laughs> is a, it's a constant battle in my mind with like, um, with like <laughs> this feeling of like, for her mom, just feeling just like this animosity of like, how could you 
not care for her and and just like um, feeling like man I just hope we adopt and that that mom is just not in the picture anymore and then then I just feel very convicted when I read things like this I'm like man that Jesus came for her right she didn't so I don't know that that's it's like this constant with the foster care where I'm constantly like the best thing for her is that she's not near her mom and then then I'm like that's not what we're here for you mm-hmm. know? so I don't know I think that for me that that why is always uh, that's what's stuck in me yeah I mean that that in in this relationship that you guys are or this season that you guys are experiencing right now that um I want to say delineation. I don't know if that's the right word, but that separation between, or, or you're seeing this kind of contrast between what even, what even like kind of normal society would say is sick and would say is healthy, right? And it's really easy to kind of fall into those normal categories of here's the sick people, here's the healthy people, right? And Jesus really is the one who challenges those sorts of things or who really kind of comes in between the healthy and the sick and says, here I am in between, you know what I mean? So, yeah, that, that makes sense. A couple others, why? For me, it's a little more personal, like the idea of righteous sinner. Is there such a thing? You know, mm. I was thinking about that. And then, um, Is he looking for his girlfriend? He's so, I mean, he's so polite about it. <laughs> so polite about his, his manners of not disturbing the church. <laughs> Alice would just come. Yeah. Why is God bringing, why, what's going on in your life? Why is God bringing you this word? Brian, go ahead. Yeah, I'm trying to... For, for me, it, I, what I'm saying isn't making sense, but it's sin, sinners, I'm, it's the thing that jumps off to me as sinner and sin. It's not that I'm a bad person or anything like that, but if I don't acknowledge God daily in my life, that, that uh, 
first of all, then I will go down that sinful path in the day with anger or with judgment or, I mean, you name it, thinking, thinking, thinking it. Yeah. This is leading up to my next week's thing. So I'm curious this position. So basically it's my thinking. Okay. One, one other one, and again, try and bring something maybe specifically in your life right now that's, again, an event, a relationship, a season, uh, something that's, God, why, why are you bringing this to me? else? Go to the last one. Okay, what now? What are we going to do now with this? I have a word from you, God. It's because of a certain situation that's going on in my life, in a relationship, in my soul, in my spirit, in the way that I think, uh, in, in, in different patterns, habits, those sorts of things. There's something that's happening in my life that there's a connection. God, what do you want me to do How do I respond appropriately to this word, right? What, why, and what now? Right, but what is it for you? Acting. I have to. So someone gave me a note one time. If you just sit and don't do anything, you have to act upon it. So get up. Get, mm-hmm. Tell them to leave, right? Mm-hmm. The first part of it is react. Move. Move. So the thing then here would be to kind of... Um, Put it into action. And, and even be more specific than that as far as what action would that be for me or for you. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's one thing to say, I'm going to, be, I'm going to take action. Well, what action are we going to take here? So that's, that's the what now that I would say ends up giving us a really practical path forward as we're letting the Bible encounter us and read us. So it's, it, act is true. And, and I don't know if you might not have that, like, it might not come like this, what action God wants you to take. But then that, that would be the real kind of where the rubber meets the road. God, what is that action that you want me to take? Does that make sense? Someone else. Um, 
In check. Yeah. At least in check, right? Yeah. yeah. And mine would be off of his because mine's the same as his. You can't copy answers. <laughs> so we're not doing that here this morning. <laughs> Ditto. <laughs> Yeah. I was constantly texting, pictures, updating, communicating. And I have done that. Now we're like on four different cell phones, so I never know if they're getting my text messages. And then my social workers are saying, don't text anymore because they need to step up. Mm -hmm. So then there's this like part of me that's like, I don't know. I guess I just need to. The last time we did, I, I wasn't, they told me not to text, so I didn't text to remind them for a visit. I guess part of me feels like that's unloving, like I should be like helping them. Mm -hmm. I didn't do any of that. And so I'm just figuring out like our role, probably daily praying and like when I like, I don't know. Guess. I, I, I feel like, I know what you're trying to like, in your heart, you're like, I wanna do what's right for her. And you're also, trying like you don't want to have a bad relationship with the mom because you know that like that that could that could jeopardize but you, you want so much for for her and for the mom like you want to you want you kind of want to smack the mom upside the head and be like what are you doing well and that's where they're at they don't want us to like they she they need to step up and yeah. then so but then the other part is i feel when i was like i just want to I don't know. Right now, I just want to send a text to be like, she's fine. Do you have any questions? Mm -hmm. We're praying for you. I just don't know where. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can't tell. And, you know, with this, what now, uh, it doesn't, uh, Dietra, you had a real specific one. Brian, you had a word, but you didn't, might not have a very specific one. You, in some senses, have a little bit of a question. So, you know, again, this is just sometimes, uh, I, I don't know if, like, when I've done this in the past, it's not like, you know, the light bulb just, and then, oh, I got to go do this. I got to, you know, but there's, God, God will reveal this to you. God will speak this to you, right? So this is a little bit more of a question, but it's a wrestle, right? So. Um, and, you know, that second kind of question, where might he be pointing you to, isn't a definitive, like, this is the answer. He's maybe pointing you in a direction where you kind of have to keep walking down that path. One more person on this, and we'll wrap it up. For me, it's uh, when, when, when someone calls me, I'm just a type A, like I, the rest of my days planned out, the rest of my weeks planned out. I try to plug this about next year, plan stuff out, and, and I don't leave any room in my life for, for, for following. You know, if Jesus would announce and follow me, like, like I would be so controlling, I'd have a hard time with it, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Okay, that's it right here. This is how this is again, you take this home and you open up a passage in the Bible and you say, read it slowly a couple times. Let that thing fall on your ear. Let me go just go back through the steps. And this is something you, you don't have to do this every time. You can do this on occasion. You know, some, there's different ways to do it, but this has been helpful for me. Um, you read it slowly, aloud if possible, print it out. You, you kind of want to get away from a little bit of the distractions, I would say. Um, what, by the way, I'm going to, you know, we do homework 
Um, this is going to be your homework. I'll copy and paste this into a text message so you'll have all these steps into a homework and you get to practice this throughout the week and choose a different passage. Maybe you could choose um, next week's passage if you wanted to try that. Um, but again, the what uh, and then the why, why are you bringing this, right? Emotions, what now, where is it pointing me? What's God, God, how are you directing me, leading me? Action step you might need to take. So, yeah? Taking pictures of me, Mark, or? Yeah. That was like, hold on, let me get my good, like. Yeah. Let me say a word, let me say a word of prayer. God, I think what's most profound to me this morning is, um, and why, we, why we're here as a church is because of how desperate, how desperate we are to hear your voice, right? And our lives, we understand, our lives are just moving forward and kind of we trudge forward in life and relationships and all the things that are going on. And here it is on a Sunday morning. We slow down and we say, God, what do you want me to do here? Where are you directing me? I need to leave some more margin in my life. I need to be in prayer a little bit more. I need to take an action. I'm not quite sure what that action is. Um, God, I, you know, for me, answering my question and my prayer and all that stuff combined, um, Lord, it's helpful for me to remember um, to identify myself and be identified as someone who is a sinner, someone who is sick, who, who needs a doctor, who needs a savior. Um, God, I need that humility in my life because it's easy just to get by on my own charisma, my own um, wisdom, knowledge, abilities, all, all that sort of stuff. And God, really to come back and say, Jesus, I, I am so, I am sick. I am going to die without you. And it can look all fine on the outside. We can look all good. But without you, Jesus, without you being my, my doctor, my physician, without you being my savior. So, God, you've spoken these words to us. And we need to take these. We want to respond appropriately to your words. I pray that this, this kind of, this tool, this method, just a tool, just something to kind of help us along in, in, in our life with you, to grow closer to you, to listen to you, to be by your side. We pray all these things in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.